Can we appreciate our brother and our sister uh, for that wonderful, wonderful song ministration? Have you said Merry Christmas to your neighbor? Praise God. I said praise God. Uh, Christmas is all about love. And celebrating Christmas is about celebrating the love of God. And we're so blessed and privileged to be partakers of that love. The love of God is so great. You can't even wrap your mind around it completely. You think about it, and all you can do is just, you know, just feel blessed. That you are so privileged to be a part of that love. Uh, the Bible writing in the book of Isaiah about the prophecy of the birth of Christ. He said, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and his kingdom, the Bible says there shall be no hand. No hand. That's, that's, that's the gift of Christmas. Christmas is a time of reflecting on the love of God that passes human understanding. And the best thing we can do at this time, I consider this service today as uh, more of an opportunity to preach the Christmas message uh, because uh, we're, we're not having a service on Christmas Day. Our last service before Christmas will be uh, the Christmas Eve service on Wednesday, the 24th. Promises to be a wonderful time of worship and carol and, you know, just celebrating Christmas. So I, I wanted to be a part of it. But this affords me the opportunity of bringing a Christmas message this morning. And it's all about the love of God. And the fact that if we only we can understand the love that God has towards us, receive it wholeheartedly, without reservation, and be willing to give out the same love without reservation that our lives would definitely be better. And as we move into a new year, it's important for us to understand that you'll do better in the year 2015 if you will open up your heart to receive the love of God better. If you will really open up your heart to receive that love, but not only receive it, but also give it. There are many things that contend with our ability to receive God's love. Okay, so I've been a terrible person in the past. I'm still even considered to be terrible. Maybe I even consider myself to be a terrible person, not just that people consider me to be terrible. How I see myself will place a limit on how well I'm able to receive the love of God. And God truly, literally worshipped us when he showered his love towards us. It was literally an act of worship. And Christmas gives us the opportunity of reflecting on that seriously. Somebody will say, how can pastor be saying God worshipped us? Can God worship something or worship a man? And it's very true because uh, God considered us worthy of his priceless possession. So John 3, 16, the popular scripture, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved, and he gave. What prompted Christmas? The love of God. 
Am I saying the truth this morning? Are you still here? Christmas was prompted by the love of God. It was absolutely unsolicited. Absolutely unsolicited. The love of God was prompted just because it feels man should not remain like this. So when we say God literally worshipped us, what we're saying was that God paid the worth. What we are worth. And I'm, I'm going somewhere this morning. I need you to follow me carefully. So if you have ever been in a shop before, for instance, you're shopping, maybe a luxury shop or just a shop where uh, they sell you know, seemingly expensive stuff. So you want to buy a pair of trousers. And you know your regular price, all right? Maybe your regular price is one five or three thousand naira, and then you go into a, a shop and they say this this pair of trousers will go for thirty thousand naira. What would be your first reaction? What's it made of? Is, wouldn't that be your first reaction? I remember one of my one of my mentors, one of my mentors once said is that I mean, and this happened like over ten years ago. He wanted a pair of shoes. So he, he, he went into a shop, and you know, his regular price was probably like uh, 3,000 naira. You know, this was over 10 years ago. And then he got into this shop and said, How much is that pair of shoes? He said, 25,000. He said, ah, Does he have tires? <laughs> Will it take me anywhere I want to go? <laughs> that was his reaction. And that was the reaction for a lot of us, a lot of the time when we, we, we look at something. We see the price tag on it. We immediately jump into what's the worth of this thing. So when we worship, worship literally is worship. Celebrating the worth of a thing. Are you still with me today? Yeah. So when we worship God, we're celebrating his worth. So we talk about his attributes. We talk about his capacity in worship. We talk about his faithfulness. We talk about his love. We sing about his grace. We sing about the magnitude of his power. We sing about his dominion. So we say we worship. That's why I said God literally worshipped us when he sent his son. Because God looked down and said, what will it cost to redeem man? What can I pay for man? That his life will not end like this. Because it's on the first lane to destruction. What, 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 what can I pay for it? And then the answer was, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And this blood has to be special because his sin is very special. So it's only the blood of the sinless son of God that can bring this kind of redemption. That's the price that can be paid. And God looked at man and worshipped man. Say, man, you're worthy of this price. And I'm going to pay it. And we need to reflect on this seriously at Christmas. To understand that God of his own volition decided that you and I were worthy of the blood of his son. The Bible says that gesture was prompted by his love. So for God so loved, it could have been for God so loved that he sent us food. <laughs> for 
For God so loved the world that he, he sent clothes to the earth. For God so loved the world that he was smiling at everybody, even though we may be wasting away. But for God so loved the world that he decided to pay the price. And the price was for him to send his only begotten son. What the Bible calls the propitiation for our sin. Substitution for our sins. So it's very important at Christmas that we allow our hearts to meditate on this truth. And to position ourselves to be able to receive that love. You know, you know one funny thing about the love of God is that you can be a Christian and yet not be able to receive the love of God. Because you are so encumbered by the weight of condemnation and that sense of lack of worth that you see the love of God flowing and you take another direction. Because you just feel, I'm not worthy of this. So you can, be, you can be born again and yet still not be able to receive the love of God. I've seen many things in counseling, right? Where somebody will be telling you about the sin they committed 15 years ago. And that still makes them feel unworthy for certain things. And you ask them the question, did you confess that sin? They say yes. Did you ask for forgiveness? They say yes. So what's your problem? What's your problem? Because the devil has a way of manipulating us to get us to the point where it becomes practically difficult to embrace the love of God and receive it simply. To be able to say, I'm redeemed and the price was paid and it has nothing to do about me because the Bible says, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And the Bible says, for a righteous man, you will have many who will be willing to die. But for a wicked man, a sinner, seldom will you find any who will be willing to die. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And it had nothing to do about us. He didn't die for the act. He died for the nature and the propensity. <laughs> because if it's just for the act of sin, then he has to die again when I commit sin. <laughs> so he died for the sin nature. And ladies and gentlemen, sin is not a verb. It's a noun. In terms of what Jesus died for, it, it becomes a verb when the noun is in place. <laughs> I don't know. Can I explain that a little better? That sounds like English class. All right. <laughs> we say noun is the um, name of a person, animal, place, or thing, right? Yeah. Do you still do homework with kids? Because <laughs> I still do homework, so I still remember some of these things. It's not like I was that good, that, you know. Because when I said it, ah, pastor must be very hot in school. Leave that one for another day. <laughs> but I still do homework. <laughs> I do homework, so I, uh, it gives me the, the privilege of remembering some of those stuff. So now is a thing. Sin is is not just the verb. It's not the action of lying. It's a nature. And God paid the price to redeem me from the consequence, the consequences of the, the 
my, my natural capacity or capability or the propensity, my, this, my ability to just do evil. Gave me a new nature. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. When you remember how strong, how compelling that love is. And when you also remember that that love is so strong, God put it at the highest level. You know the highest gift God gave to man? It's a gift of choice. Yeah. The ability to make a decision and take your decision on your own. Yeah. That's the highest gift God gave to man. And that's the most manipulated gift today. The devil manipulates that seriously. So people ask the question, if God so loved the world, if this, 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 how come there's still evil in the world? There's evil in the world because man chose evil instead of good. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like Pastor T was saying in the first service, you know it's very easy for me, for instance now, as a husband, if I were God, it would be easy now for my wife to love me. I'll just program her to love me. So I'm driving home, and I want to eat fried rice. So I will put it in her mind to ask me for fried rice when I get home. So there will be no argument. <laughs> so I will get home, and she'll say, Oni, do you want fried rice? Yes, yes, I think I'll manage it. <laughs> Meanwhile, she was responding to my programming because I have the power to do that. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. That, I mean, some people think that if you have the power to do that, you know, there will be no problem in your marriage. Your, your spouse will just do whatever you like. Am I saying the truth? But really, do you call that love? What do you call that? God bless you. It's manipulation with a capital M. Yeah. Some people would prefer that God would deal with us like that. That's what you say sometimes when you ask funny questions. That's what, that's what some people prefer. That's how some people prefer that God would deal with us. That will continue to manipulate us. That we won't have a mind of our own. You know God, what God did? He made a menu list and put himself in it. And told you, choose what you want from that. So it's not the subject, I mean the primary subject of the menu. It's just an item on the menu. And you had, it's yours to choose. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe, just choose. That's the greatest gift that he gave man. And when we choose him, we're responding to the love that he came to give. Check out the beauty of Christmas. God looking down at man. He says, finally, I'm going to pay the ultimate price and deprive myself of my I mean, priceless possession, my son. So, First John chapter three, when you read from verse one to three, look at what the Bible says here. First John three, verse one to three. First John three, verse one to three. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not. Know it. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. 
But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he, God, is pure. So the Bible talks about the far-reaching effect of this love. It says it, it describes what we're going to be like and how we should turn out. So how, how I turn out with my Christianity is seriously dependent on how much of the love of God I've, released, I've received. It's not just only about being born again. But am I receiving the love of God? Do I have his love in my heart? And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot give what you don't have. Yeah. So you receive that love you have it in your heart, then you are positioned to also give the same love. You are positioned to give that love. Look, look at 1 John uh, chapter 4. Let's read chapter 4 of 1 John now. Uh, from verse 7. Chapter 4 of 1 John and, uh, from verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son in glory to God. My mic is failing a little. All right. Said that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitution for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The writer of John, the Apostle John, we call him the Apostle of Love, he has a very huge understanding of the love of God. So in 1 John chapter 3 that I read earlier on, with great exclamation, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called children of God or sons of God. Behold what manner of love. So when I look at myself, you know, I check out myself based on my naughtiness, based on where I've been and where I've refused to go. And you know, a lot of Christians, that's what we do to ourselves. So it's like saying, somebody saying, let me put a price tag on you. I'm going to, I'm going to, Literally pay for you $5 billion. And somebody say, ah, it's too much. It's too much. Just $5 million is okay. I'm not even sure I can finish that in a lifetime. So just, just that's how we behave. That's, how we, that's why we struggle with aspiration, for instance. The Bible says, if God can give his only begotten son, how can he not with him also freely give us all things? That's, that's, that's how big God sees us. That's how the extent he wants to go with us. But a lot of the time, it baffles us. It's, it's mesmerizing for us. We, we cannot understand it. So we just buckle. We just... We just we just decide that this is too much. 
that some people cannot even believe the capacity of God to forgive, for instance. Yeah. That's why you cry and cry and cry after you have prayed and God said it's okay. What's all this crying about? It's okay. I can take it. It's okay. Let it go. Glory to Jesus. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called children of God. Can you look at somebody beside you and tell your, uh, your, your, your friend or your neighbor, it's a privilege uh, to be loved of God. Say, I'm, I'm so privileged. It's a privilege to be loved of God. To be loved of God. This is um, really unfathomable. And you know the truth? God knows that we cannot wrap our minds around it. Yeah. I'm sure we sang that song in worship this morning. God's love is so wonderful. It's so high. I can't get over it. So big, I can't get around it. What's, what's the last one? So, so deep, I can't get under it, right? That's, that's, that song just tries to capture, you know, the essence of 1 John chapter 3 here. So we, we, need to, we need to have this understanding and it positions us to be able to receive this love, not only receive it, but to be well positioned also to give the love of God. Because we can't walk into the fullness of what God has for us until we can start to boldly say that the love of God is in our heart and that we're receiving it by grace. We're walking in understanding of this love that I can take it. It's okay for God to pay this every price on me. I am worth this love. Say amen, somebody. Amen. It's very important. Now, that love, for instance, in the scriptures, one character in the Bible that gives a very true picture of how the love of God, what the love of God should do in the life of a person is Joseph. The kind of love that ensued between Jacob and Joseph. How Jacob showed Joseph the love of a father. The parental love. Which is supposed to be an example. And please, if you're listening to me this morning, you know, thank God for our kids. They're slamming and jamming in junior church now. You can hear some of the beats. They're having fun. It's part of our way of demonstrating the love of God at Christmas to them. We need to focus on how our children receive love from us. Because it builds a capacity in them to be able to love. The parental love is so strong. It can condition a destiny. It can destroy a destiny when it's not there. And that's the way God really wants to love us. So look at this. So in Genesis 37, in Genesis 37, when you read from verse 3, verse 3 and 4 of Genesis 37, New King James Version, this is what the Bible has to say. It says, now Israel, talking about Jacob, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. 
also, he made him a tunic. And King James called it a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, you can query the partiality of love, but let's focus on Joseph. Our wish, perhaps Jacob was able to love each and every one of them equally, because truly we need to be able to distribute our loves accurately over our children and not show favoritism and love them and love them well. But what Jacob gave to Joseph just kind of exemplifies what God has in mind, how God really wants to love us. So a believer, figuratively speaking, must receive his coat of many colors, his tunic, and wear it with swag. I hope you're getting along with me. Yeah. Wear it. Be conscious of it. Wear it with some attitude. Not to other believers, but to the devil, the accuser of brethren. <laughs> yeah. You can't wear it with an attitude to me because I have my own. <laughs> All right? But let's wear it and show some attitude to the devil. That I've received the love of God. I understand the love of God. I'm wearing this coat with an attitude. I know that God loves me. I know that God can take me the way I am. And I know his love for me is to condition me to be better. And to, to Bible says, it does not yet appear what we will look like. In 1 John 3 there. But it said, when we see him, we're going to be like him. It said, let everyone that has his hope in himself purify himself, even as Christ is pure. So the end result of receiving this love is that I can become like Jesus. So I need to be able to show it off to the devil. And let him understand that God loves me the way I am. And his love is going to condition me to be better and better and better. When we remember this at Christmas, we don't allow the devil to pull our emotions down as he goes into a new year. You have no doubt in your heart that the new year is going to turn out well. Because I'm a child of God's love. I'm a byproduct, not just of his grace, but his act of love. He could have manipulated me into loving him, but he gave me the right of choice. I chose right, so I'm in his good books. He loves me the way I am, and his love is always available to me. And notwithstanding what the devil thinks about it, I'm loved. Say amen, somebody. I'm loved. I'm loved. Joseph didn't do anything. So get the love of Jacob. Yeah. He was his choice. He loved him as a son of his old age. Gave him a, a tunic of many colors. And Joseph wore that tunic. And he did some great things in his life. And I'm going to examine that in a few minutes. Can you let me ask your neighbor, are you wearing your coat of many colors? So, we should know that the ability to receive love, God's love, is a weapon of spiritual warfare. It's important to know that. 
So it, it guards you from uh, or with the audacity, confidence, and resilience to achieve the impossible. When you have received the love of God, there's certain audacity that comes with it, certain confidence that comes with it. But we should understand that that ability to do that in itself is real spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare does not end or start with burning the devil or casting out devils. The real spiritual warfare is for me to accept the love of God. Yeah. Because when the devil wants to manipulate us, it makes us to see ourselves as being unworthy of the love of God. And it tells us that love is not meant for people like you. That's why the Bible calls him the accuser of brethren who accuses us before God day and night. He doesn't have any other job. That's his job. To manipulate us into believing that we're not worthy of God's love. Yet God says, this love, I'm going to continue to shower it upon you. I have no reservation about it. I love you the way you are. So when a person is secure in the love of a parent, the ability to dream and to aspire is nurtured. The ability to dream and to aspire is nurtured when a person is secured in the love of a parent. So when a child is growing up in a home where parental love is unreserved, there's certain ability, the ability to dream, to aspire, is there. It's apparent. So this child is able to walk freely and aspire. Have you asked yourself the question before? How come it was only Joseph out of 12 boys who could sleep and sleep properly? Because you need to sleep properly to be able to dream great dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's the love of the father. He could sleep and snore. And they have great dreams. And remember the dreams. That's what the love of God does to us. Gives you the ability to just, you know, be free to aspire. Say amen, somebody. Amen. There's a way, an atmosphere, an environment can condition you that you will not be able to aspire. Where there's so many do's and don'ts and constraints here and there. But when the love of God is flowing freely, then we can aspire. That's what happened to Joseph. Joseph was confident in the love and favor he had from his father. That love and favor that was flowing from his father gave him a lot of confidence. I want to examine another, maybe another four things that happened to Joseph, which by implication should be what should, what should be happening to us because we have received the love of God. So like I said, the benefits of receiving the love of God, what I call the essence of wearing my coat of many colors. When I wear my coat of many colors and I'm conscious of it, what should happen to me? One is that it gives the capacity to dream and to aspire, like I said. If you're struggling to aspire, especially as we go into the new year, check yourself out very well. Is there something contending with the love of God in your heart? Have you lost sight of the fact that God really loves you and he wants the best for you? Do you feel qualified for the best of God? Or you, you have an apology for anyone who feels you are not qualified for the best of God? Because the Bible says, if 
God will not withhold his only son. He said, with him, he will also freely give us all things. Somebody say after me, say, I'm qualified for the love of God and for the best of God because of the blood of Jesus, because of the coming of Jesus. You need to understand that the love of God really constrained Christ. You can imagine in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to get Jesus, if he had done something differently, he had the power to tell all those guys to die on the spot. You can imagine if, if I was Jesus, Judas was coming with his dirty mouth to kiss me. I'll make sure his head melts off before his mouth reaches me. Because I have the power to do it. I haven't seen, seen that in cartoons before. <laughs> just the guy will just become headless before he gets there. But don't you think that everything that happens in cartoons, God can do them? That's the truth. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> God could have wielded, I mean, Jesus could have wielded his power anyhow. I'm not even sure he had brushed his teeth that morning. He was leading those people there. And Jesus still kissed him just because of you. When he kissed Judas, he remembered God, man. <laughs> I don't know. When he kissed Judas, he's remembering you. He's remembering the naked there, Tunde there, you know. He's remembering the Susan there. When he kissed Judas, that was what gave him the courage to do that. No, nobody wants to kiss a traitor and smile. When you have the power to undo the situation. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. That's how heavy his love for us is. And this love should bring something into our lives. Secondly, receiving the love of God gives freedom. So I'm not imprisoned by the world's opinion. So people who are secure in God's love are free to be themselves. They can express themselves without fear of condemnation and they do not suffer approval addiction. Joseph demonstrated that when he opened his mouth and he told his brothers, not only has the love of my father given me the capacity to dream and to aspire, but I have freedom. I don't care what you think. I had a dream, all right? And what I saw looked like you were bowing down to me. <laughs> I guess he was saying it with an attitude. Because if he was apologetic about it, they won't be angry. <laughs> Am I saying the truth? Yeah. That was what it sound, sounded like. Because uh, they, 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 they were jealous and they, 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 they started to hate him. In fact, when he was saying it to his father, especially the second dream, his father said, ah, slow down, slow down. You shouldn't be saying that. You mean that me and your mother will also bow down with you, I mean to you, with your brothers. Stop saying that. But it was the love that he had. That's why you could. Do you know that? You have to have a peculiar father to be able to open your mouth to tell your father that your father was going to bow down to you. That's a peculiar father. Because where I came from, before you finish saying that, you'll be seeing stars. How do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, either from dirty slaps or heavy knocks. And his father was just saying, uh, Jacob actually sounded like a white man. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> you know, all this, 
Joe, take it easy. You're going to hurt yourself. All right, if you're, if you're watching from abroad, you understand what I'm saying? In Africa, we don't do it like that. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't. Joe must have enough sense. So know that his African father cannot take nonsense. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for you, for, but that's, 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 God is not an African father. That's what I'm trying to say. Receiving the love of God gives you freedom. You're not imprisoned. People who learn to love are out of jail. That is, they're free from the prison of fear, guilt, and pretending to be who they are not. And they make their own decisions and, and choices. Yeah, make their choices. And they're free from approval addiction, like I said before. We live in a generation of social media and all that, you know, where people will take pictures, selfie themselves, put it on Instagram or Facebook, and if, if, <laughs> if, uh, if uh, nobody likes it, then your mood is sinking. And you're asking yourself, is it because I didn't pose well, or because of my nose, or because of this? Yeah. You know, people, instead of focusing on their job and doing their job, we didn't send you selfie. You now selfie and then posted it, and nobody liked it. And everyone now, 30 minutes from work, you are checking. Has anybody liked it? Has anybody commented? It's approval addiction. Because you just wanted somebody to approve you. I'm altogether lovely, like my father. So if I post a picture and you refuse to like it, it's your problem. <laughs> Simple. I'm loved of God. I'm aware of that. And that love says a lot to me. It makes me to care less who loves me and who hates me in this world. At least I have the most important love. That's the one from God. That's what Christmas is all about. God loves me so much that he sent his only son. That's what Christmas is all about. I remember uh, uh, earlier this year, there was this um, riot, I mean, this demonstration, sorry, in one of, I think, the far eastern countries, I think, either Hong Kong or Bangladesh, right? Yeah. And I read in Time magazine about two ladies who committed suicide. You know what they did? So young people will go to the demonstration ground, and then they will take a selfie with the demonstrators at the background, and then post it on Instagram or Facebook. And they, you know, they, they were just going there to, to make fun. They were not really demonstrating with them. So these ladies, they did that, posted it on Instagram. Nobody liked it. And one of them committed suicide. Just because nobody liked it. Yeah. You know there are people that will post something on Facebook and they'll be calling you whether you have seen it. <laughs> and then you say, I've seen it. Why did you like it now? <laughs> I haven't seen that before. Those are approval addicts. There are bosses who will call the staff in their office. Have you seen my post on Facebook? Say, yes, sir, we saw it. So do the needful. People must know I'm your boss, you know. <laughs> oh, 
all sorts of things going on today. Just because people need some measure of approval. And when you have been able to lay hold on the love of God, you care less about all those kind of things. Some people have bent over backward because of approval of a spouse. And you have forgotten that God loves you. More, and his love is more than the love of his spouse. The Bible says no greater love that any man can give except that for a man to give his life for his brother. Like I said in the last service, if you are struggling with bribe, always remind yourself. You know they say everybody has a price? Bad boys say every lady has a price. Just name their price and they're going to go to bed with you. I beg to disagree. Except you don't know your worth. And you know what? My price has been paid. You want to bribe me, then you match it. It wasn't paid in dollars or pounds sterling. Somebody died. Are you ready to die? And what's the quality of your blood? So there's no struggle for bribe or anything. So you, you're offering me 100 million naira. Somebody paid more. And they may be shocked and ask, who paid more? Jesus. He paid with his blood. You want me to do this? Which will mean I'm selling my soul? Then match it. Match that. I hope that is simple enough. Yeah, just match it. Then we are good. Praise God. Thirdly, it gives the capacity to forgive and build good relationships. The more you learn to receive love, the more improvement you experience in relationships that matter to you. Receiving the love of God gives the capacity to forgive. It gives you the capacity to forgive. Because you have been forgiven and you have received forgiveness. So you give what you have received. When I think about how God has been magnanimous with his power of forgiveness, then it's not difficult to forgive other people when they wrong me. So look at, look at, look at what, what Joseph said in Genesis 39 and verse 9. When he looked at his brothers, his perspective changed, has been changed by the love of God. He said, oh, 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 sorry, he looked at Potiphar's wife. In Genesis 39 here. Genesis 39 showed... Oh, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm mixing this. I'm on point three, right? Okay, yeah. When Joseph looked at his brothers, it was his brothers I wanted to talk about. When he looked at his brothers, he told them, you sold me, but God sent me. It was perspective. It was easy for him to forgive because he has been forgiven. And he has seen the love of God in manifestation. So in Genesis 45 there, Joseph said, You sold me, but God sent me, because he has sent me ahead of you to preserve life. He sent me ahead of you to preserve life. It was a matter of perspective. It was a matter of perspective. So in verse 5 of Genesis 45, But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. 
For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there's still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve posterity for you on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. That was what Joseph had to say. So freely, I don't have any problems with you. You did what you had to do. And by perspective, I know if you didn't give me that push, I won't be here today. So I'm fulfilling my destiny. You fulfill your destiny. There's no point holding unforgiveness against anybody. Even when people hurt you, God turns that around to give you a push into destiny. So you forgive freely. Number four. Number four. It deepens the reference, the reverence uh, uh, you have for God and increases your capacity for intimacy. So pleasing God will become your priority and sinning against him becomes abhorrent to you when you have received the love of God. You have, you know, deep reverence for God. Intimacy becomes strong. Intimacy becomes strong. Have you seen a child who has the love of a parent and doesn't care, have any care in the world? He knows that my, my father or my mother will always receive me the way I am. They're willing to tell you anything and say anything to you. So intimacy becomes strong. Because we think that when we give people love, they're going to abuse us or abuse the love. You know many men struggle with that. Ah, you can't afford to love women too much. Oh, and allow them to just express themselves, you know, and all that. Because they're going to abuse it. They're going to think you're not a man. Every human being has been wired by God to respond to love. And love conditions us to become better, not to be corrupted. Because pure love has no evil in it. So where's the corruption coming from? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying this morning. Joseph loved God the more. Or showed that love with a depth of intimacy and reverence for God so that when Potiphar's wife came and tempted him, to commit adultery with him in Genesis 39, verse 9. This was what Joseph had to say. It says in verse 9 of Genesis 39, There's no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept, talking about our husband, kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Not even against Potiphar, not against Potiphar's wife, but against God. Jesus' perspective changed. Everything was about God and the love of God. The love of God brought him to Potiphar's house, made him to be in charge. So how can I just sin against God just for five minutes of pleasure? Have you seen everything about your life from the point of view of the love of God? Because if you do, you will be able to bend and do some more things for the sake of God's love. And that I cannot hurt the God that loves me so much and loves me so deeply like this. So it has nothing to do with human beings. It's about what touches the heart of God. And lastly this morning, 
it gives access to revelation. Because best friends don't keep secrets from each other. Think about it. You can be best friends with God. That was what Joseph said in Genesis 41. Do you want to walk in revelation? You want to understand the mind of God for your life consistently? You want to walk in divine understanding of God's will and God's purpose? Let the love of God drive you into his presence. Let the love of God strengthen you in life's issues. When love, when you have received the love of God that God gave at Christmas, what happens is that it gives you depth in God. It helps you to be able to be God's friend with whom he can share secrets. So in Genesis 41 here, verse 16, Joseph said to Pharaoh, when Pharaoh called him to interpret his dream, so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He was going to do it through me because of connection. Because I understand his love and I'm walking in love with him. And best friends don't keep secrets from each other. God was talking about Abraham. He said, can I do this? When he was talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and not talk to my friend, my friend Abraham about it. That's what the love of God does. When you receive the love of God and you're working with him, God continues to share his deep things with you. My prayer is that in 2015, you will walk in revelation. You will walk in divine understanding of God's will and God's purpose for your life. There shall be no darkness on your path. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that the love of God will constrain you to live a life worthy of the price paid for your, for your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that 2015, God will send into your life agents of his love. Men and women whose heart has been filled with the love of God and looking for somebody to unleash it on. They will unleash it on your business. They will unleash it on your career. They will unleash it on your family. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God will also make you an agent of love. And send you to people. Upon, upon them you will unleash the love of God. And they will celebrate God for your life. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody lift your right hand with me this morning. I'm going to declare that I'm an agent of love. The love of God flows freely to me and through me. Into me and through me. I am an agent of God.